Welcome to the Stairway to Heaven. We're coming to you bringing insights into the ever-changing high-frequency currents now bathing the planet and their effect on us all, the source of vital information for the evolving human being. I'm Golda Wiecka. Ghosts, Hauntings, and the Family Field There's a hidden but powerful energetic component to all family units. As we've gotten away from cultural ceremonies and rituals, we've become mostly unconscious of the energetic manifestation of family. Yet these energy fields are more important than we know. We tend to think of family as related human beings that may or may not enjoy each other's company. Yet, when we look at family from the perspective of the unified field and interrelationship of all things, some very interesting energetic interactions are uncovered. According to the laws of physics, the motion of electrical charges, wherever they may be found, produces a magnetic field and results in the emission of electromagnetic waves. As we've discussed in prior episodes, there is a measurable, scientifically proven electromagnetic field surrounding the body of humans and animals. This field is in the form of a torus and is generated, in part, by the physical heart as it pumps blood in a spiral configuration, causing the blood cells to spin. The spinning provides the motion required to produce an electromagnetic field. The red blood cells contain iron, as does the Earth's core. The Earth spinning around her iron core creates the electromagnetic field of the planet. Though slightly different in form and function, not just humans and animals, but the elements and most everything else, including our DNA, have electromagnetic fields. These fields extend well beyond the body creating them. Every place these electromagnetic fields cross, there's a subtle exchange of information in the form of frequency. In the case of personal fields that remain in close proximity with other personal fields, over time, resonance occurs, creating a larger overlording field. This common field is also in the form of a torus, whereby the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. At the same time, the whole impacts each part, and each part determines the whole. Thus, each family has an overlording field containing the resonating frequencies of all its members, whether human, animal, plant, or seemingly inanimate material. The members of our family, be they dead or alive, pets, the house we live in, plants in our yard, the land we live upon, all contribute to the overall frequency and resonance of the overlording family field. This field provides a container, a home base if you will, from which we operate. This explains why, though it may be fun to travel and experience new things, eventually we tend to get homesick. It also reveals why it can take a while for a new house to feel like a home. When we move into a house formerly occupied by someone else, their family field is still there while we left ours at the old residence. Over time, this corrects itself as new relationships are built, but it does take a period of adjustment and realignment. This process of realignment can be sped up using ceremony, which we'll address shortly. There's a great amount of information exchanged between every member of the family field. In the case of humans, this exchange can be mostly unconscious. Animals are especially sensitive to the field. They tend to communicate with each other more through the common field than any other form of interaction. In the wild, this manifests itself as a huge flock of birds turning as one without a mid-air collision. 
wolves hunting together in perfect synchronicity without verbal or visual cues, and dolphins gathering around a laboring mother to help push the newborn to the surface for its first breath. Through the common field, animals in a human family will sense when the frequency of a family member is compromised by illness or emotional upset. A cat will lay on a sick person, often directly over the affected area, and purr. The purr is a frequency that the cat can naturally modulate to correct the frequency imbalance associated with the illness. This is by no means the only purpose of the mysterious purr, but one of the most profound. A dog will choose to rest as close as it can to its person. In this way, they remain in resonance as well as seek and give comfort through their common field. There have been reports of dogs finding and laying on the grave of their masters. The explanation given is the dog's sense of smell. Smell? Six feet under, in a sealed coffin, after being embalmed? Maybe. But a more plausible explanation is the remaining resonance of the DNA of the body broadcasting to the unified field where the dog can then perceive it. Each DNA has a frequency expression and can radiate various types of waves. This radiation remains long after the soul leaves the body. Unlike airborne synths, electromagnetic waves travel through matter with ease and continue to interact with the unified field. This interaction was at least partly understood by the ancients. Many indigenous tribes, such as the Choctaw, carried the bones of their dead with them when they moved from place to place. It was believed in this way they would honor and preserve the wisdom of the ancestors. When we consider the continuing electromagnetic interaction between the DNA within the bones of the dead and that of the tribal unified field, this practice makes total sense. According to epigenetics, all of our experiences alter the way our DNA expresses. Thus, the wisdom gathered over a long life is imprinted in the electromagnetic expression of the DNA. Victorian hair wreaths are another example of traditions that maintain the frequency of the deceased in the family's unified field. Hair wreaths were made from the hair of the deceased family members. Locks of hair were woven into intricate flowers and then combined over the years into an ever-growing wreath that hung in the family home. This allowed the frequency of the ancestors to continue to interact with the family's unified field. Family members often report feeling the presence of a person or animal that's recently crossed. Whether dog, cat, or another human, the manifestation can be profound. Particularly sensitive people may even hear, see, or smell the lost loved one. These experiences are often referred to as seeing ghosts. While the body of the deceased may be miles away in a graveyard, their resonant frequencies remain in the family's unified field. Over time, the frequency of the dead will fade, giving way to the frequency being generated by the living. The frequency of the living continues to regenerate the overall field, overshadowing that of the deceased. The electromagnetic expression of articles also impacted by long-term association with a person. Eventually, objects that tend to resonate with their owners. Unless cleared through ceremony, they'll continue to carry this frequency after the owner has crossed. The more things belonging to the person who has crossed that remain in the home, the longer the deceased frequency takes to extinguish. 
Therefore, it's customary to remove all the articles and clothing belonging to the dead soon after they pass. This practice allows the remaining family members to let go and move on to rebuild the family's field using the frequency of the remaining members. Every time we recall or discuss a deceased person, we are in effect rebuilding and resonating with their frequency. In this way, ghost stories do indeed conjure ghosts. My Lakota teacher told me that one never speaks the name of the dead, as to do so will bring them back. While a bit oversimplistic, there is wisdom in his statement. Words carry frequency. Names carry a frequency that we associate with a person who went by the name. To speak the name of the dead to another person causes both of you to resonate with the frequency that the person expressed while living. Resonance between two or more people amplifies frequency. This is another example of the living, not the dead, creating ghosts. Upon the death of a family member, the electromagnetic field of the family becomes unstable as it realigns itself after the loss of one of its contributors. The entire family tends to destabilize right along with it. People get greedy and grabby around the things that belong to the one who crossed as they try to hold on to the fading frequency. Family members tend to go through an identity crisis. The matriarchy or patriarchy is disrupted. All the traditional cultural rituals around death and mourning have a hidden purpose, to manage frequency at the quantum level. These rituals help restabilize the family's unified field and reestablish balance within the remaining members. As we get further and further from our roots and old traditions, these needs are no longer being met. As a result, we live in a soup of unprocessed, imbalanced frequencies that are at best chaotic, if not downright dysfunctional. In the lack of a provision for dealing with loss, we tend to put the ones that have crossed into the recesses of our denial to avoid feeling the pain of our unprocessed grief. This deprives us of the ongoing wisdom of their, frequ their frequency could provide. Or, we dwell on them, hold on to their old belongings, continue to celebrate their birthdays year after year, never letting them go, and forever remaining in the past with their memory. Death is not the only thing that impacts and destabilizes the family field. Happy events like births, coming of age, or marriages also affect the overall system and all of its members. Every time there's a change in the members of a field, the field must destabilize to reform itself around the new contributors or exclude the frequency of the ones that leave. During this time of destabilization, the safe container provided by the family field may be compromised for a while. Ceremony that engages the conscious agreement of the members can greatly aid the stabilization of the field and shorten the time it takes for things to be in flux. This is the hidden purpose behind birth naming ceremonies, coming-of-age ceremonies, marriages, and funerals. There are ceremonies present in every religion and culture. If traditional ceremonies don't jive with your belief system, it could be helpful to create new ones, fitting to your life and circumstance. There's a lot to be said for living ceremony designed for the current times, people, and circumstances. However, it's never wise to rock the boat before you know what makes it float. Take time to study the old ways, considering the energetic component they were designed to mediate. 
Learn and employ the basic principles common to all rituals and build your personal ceremonies using their tried-and-true structure. It is possible and useful to perform these ceremonies just for yourself, but when shared with other members of the family, they become much more impactful. Conscious alignment is a powerful force when engaged for an agreed-upon goal. If you're planning on performing your ritual with others, it's important to design it in such a way that accommodates all participants' needs and beliefs. For further guidance on building living ceremony for today, reference Stairway to Heaven, Episode 34, The Art of Ceremony. You can find this in all prior episodes with my compliments at www.stairwaytoheavenmedia.com. Everything we say, think, or do imprints itself upon our shared field, impacting its members. This imprint remains for an extended period of time, even if it's not repeated. This is part of the meaning behind the ancient belief that every word, thought, and deed impacts our descendants to the seventh generation and beyond. Being conscious and mindful of what we bring into the whole is paramount in maintaining a supportive, protective field in which all may prosper. In the lack of responsible frequency management, we become victims of, rather than empowered by, our family's unified field. Depending upon its conscience maintenance, or lack thereof, the family field can either be a safe container or a chamber of horrors for all of its members. Just like a well-kept home versus a filthy neglected one, it's up to us to tend our energetic environment that it may enfold and empower all that dwell within. Thank you for joining me, Gwilda Wiecka, on the Stairway to Heaven, where we provide updates on the energetic currents facilitating our evolution into conscious, powerful co-creators. As I'm sure you've noticed, not only do the Stairway to Heaven episodes stand alone, but they weave together to form a map to evolution and personal empowerment as we enter the new era. To revisit this or any of our past episodes, visit our archives at www.stairwaytoheavenmedia.com. If you'd like to find out more about me, my school, and the evolutionary tools we offer, visit www.findyourpathhome.com. Until next time, may you be blessed on your sacred path to wholeness. We are here. The time is now.